And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, you went into the uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying. And in a trance, I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners. And it came to me when I observed it in, when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, not so Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and we entered the man's house and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in the house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, therefore, God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles the repentance to life. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they came to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to God. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that the purpose of heart, that, sorry, that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed from Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was the whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which had also which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. And the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to, to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. I'll read one more chapter and then I'm going to get right to it. Now, about that time, Herod, the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword because he saw that it pleased the Jews. 
He also proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. So when they arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring them before the people after the Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound in two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the doors were keeping the prison. Now behold, the angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. Then his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that, did not know what was done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and he has delivered me from the hand of Herod, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. And they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continuing knocking, and when they opened the door, sorry, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished, but mentioned, sorry, but mentioning to them with his hand to keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. And as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had come become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod had become very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on the day set, sorry, on the set, on a set day, what's going on with me today? So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting the voice of God and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. Um, if you've noticed, as we've been reading uh, the text, First of all, it's good to see everybody. I see we're live today. 
Um, I decided to go live on TikTok, decided to go live on IG. Um, quickly, just shout out where you're located real quick. Love to love to just quickly shout you guys out. Shout out where you're located uh, real quick as we get into just a short meditation of the word. For those of you who aren't familiar with what we do, I'm on Discord every day. Um, I'm on Discord, discord.gg slash Opus Frere. And what I do on Discord is we, on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we spend time in the reading of the word. And after uh, reading the word, um, I post this on our Patreon. So we have a Patreon community and a Discord community. I know some of my patrons are probably on here right now, uh, but then I'm also, uh, every now and then I'll jump in on, on TikTok and every now and then I'll jump in on, on IG. But because right now we're in a season of planting our church, we just don't, I don't have the bandwidth to come on here as regularly as I uh, used to, but I'm on Discord. So if you guys are looking to stay connected, please join me on Discord, discord.gg slash Opus Frere. I'm going to shout out my IG community right quick because I got y'all here. I got Houston in the house, St. Louis in the house, Iowa in the house, San Diego in the house, Ottawa in the house. Good to see you. Australia, Burlington in the house. Good to see you. Manchester, Nashville, Tennessee, Jerusalem. Good to see you in the house. South Orange, New Jersey. Good to see you. Oh, we got the Space Coast. All right. Not too far. You're on the other side. Not too far. We're over here in Tampa. So we're not too far here. South Africa in the house. Columbus, Ohio in the house. So good to see you. St. Croix or St. Croix. Good to see you in the house. So glad you're here. I know some of y'all have been saying, when are you going to get back on TikTok? When are you going to get back on IG? I'll get back every now and then um, to connect. But if you're always looking to connect, please join us on Discord. I'm there every day, almost every day. And so on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we read scripture. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we spend a few moments in prayer uh, in the morning. And then, of course, on Sunday, which is yesterday, we had Bible study where we dug in. Uh, on some scripture, scriptural study. And so anyway, it's an opportunity for you guys to stay connected and I love to stay connected with y'all. So I encourage you guys join us on Discord. And then from there, you'll learn how to plug into everything else we got going on. If you're looking to support, support us, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Um, I-S-A-A-C-F-R-E-R-E, Isaac Frere. But with a few moments that I have, I wanted to just quickly recap as we've been spending time for those of you who are on here that aren't on Discord We've been journeying through the book of Acts and and there's so much conviction that we can find from the text, particularly speaking, um, really to juxtapose what we see here in the reading um, in the book of Acts to what we see today. Right. If we can, you know, put those things together. Right. Put them right. Not together, but put them right next to one another. It really convicts us. It makes us ask questions about our church today. What is our church built on? What is our church motivated by? Um, what is our church fueled by? What is the fuel? What drives us? What pushes us? You know, wh- why do we do what we do? Um, what 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 determines our modality of ministry? Like, what governs what? You know, why? You know, the 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 what and the why, right? What governs that? Because here's the thing, right? Is we have. You know, because many of us have been so familiar, we grew up on church. A lot of folks have grown up on church, and the American church is a part of the American history, right? Um, the good and the bad, the church has been a part of that. And so the church has become more of a cultural, sociological construct rather than um, a spiritual 
uh, organism. It's not to say that it isn't now because his church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. But I've found that a lot of people, when you talk about church, they talk about the institution, but not necessarily the organism. When they talk about the church, they talk about the organization, right? The structure, Church Inc., right? They talk about what they grew up on. They talk about the things that they did. There are folks today that still believe that the church is the place you go to every Sunday. Like it's, it's, it's exclusively that, and it can be that, but it's not necessarily that they're made to think that they're fully expressing themselves in the church by simply going to church, you know, listening to three songs, maybe singing at some point if they'd like, and then listening to a 30 minute Ted talk and then going home to come back again to do the same thing over again. And many people that believe that that's, that's, that's church. Like I, that is the church. And so when folks talk about the church, they have a cultural lens that they define the church through. And so what Acts does is Acts challenges us to revisit what makes church, church. Right. What, what, what makes the church, the church, what, 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 what makes us the church? Because the church is not a location. Right? Church is not a place you go to. Church is a people. Right? Love you too, brother. Love you too, sis. I think it's sis. Um, the church is the people. And so what this challenges us is to get to the root of what we're doing. Like, why do we do what we do? And what makes us who we are? What makes the church the church? And because it's become such a sociological, cultural construct, we've seen now the church become a place where people gather together based off of commonality, not of person, but of thought and of preference. Let me say that one more time. The church often, when we make the church a sociological or cultural construct, the church becomes a place of commonality of thought and preference. So I go to a church because the people think like me, talk like me, act like me. I go to the church because this is the place where I feel like I find people who will agree to what I agree to, who, who subscribe to what I subscribe to. And so because now the church is bound not by the unity of at the core, what is the imago Dei, us being made in the image of God, given the spirit of God, but rather we are coming together based off of political preference, racial preference, cultural preference. People will say, I go to this church because I like the style of music. I, I, I'm going to go to this church because I like that. There are a lot of folks in this church that look like me. I'm going to go to this church because this church is a conservative Republican church. We believe in Republican values. <laughs> I go to this church because this church believes in, in Democrat, democratic values. 
or or I go to this church because this church subscribes to my socio-political, socio-cultural point of view. Ooh, sorry. I go to this church because this church, because I'm a black man, this church is full of black people. And it just makes me comfortable. And I like it. Or I go to this church because this church is full of white people. You know, people that are like me. It makes me comfortable. And I like it. I'm, I'm going to go to this church because this church, oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble today. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's what I'm, it, well, I, maybe it's because I haven't had breakfast yet. Maybe it's because I haven't had my tea to calm me down. I need to get my camel meal. <laughs> I didn't get my chamomile tea, y'all, just to calm me down because I know this stuff will get me in trouble. Isn't it funny how people will get all tied up and upset over these phraseologies, over these statements? I'm starting to learn now that there's some things you preach about when it gets everybody all angry and upset. You start realizing that their idols were never or their God was never Jesus. Their idols were their philosophies, their culture, their politics. You you start realizing by the way people get upset. Oh my goodness. I have people who are more offended by the Republican statement or the Democratic statement than about the false representation of the gospel. Let me say that again. It's funny to me how in today's church, people get more offended and more upset by statements on politics and philosophy and, 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 and culture and, and race. People get all riled up about that. But when you misrepresent the gospel, people are passive about it. I'm beginning to learn that people's preferences supersede God's preferences. And I'm beginning to learn that people today in today's church were never built on their faith in Jesus Christ, but rather they have built their faith on the gods that they have constructed and the gods that they have made. They are golden calf worshipers. And the church has built a lot of golden calves. The golden calves could be your, your, your really cool preacher or, ooh, ready? Your really deep theological preacher. I will only listen to so-and-so's preaching because my church preaches the gospel and preaches with biblical accuracy. And, and because my church preaches with biblical, when they say my church, they're really talking about their idol, which is their pastor. Goodness gracious, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. I shouldn't even post this, y'all. And so religious folks, ooh, they love their church because their church aligns with their preference. They line with, and so, yeah, go ahead, preach. You can preach scripture all day and still be far from Jesus. You can preach and, 
And you can minister scripture all day and still not know who he is. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you search the scriptures for in them you believe that you will have eternal life. There are folks who believe that eternal life can be found in the biblical accuracy of their pastor. No, it's your God that you've created. And we see this being exposed even today. If you let me, if you let me just expose a few things just for a moment, I see it all day. People will love a pastor. Ooh, wee. There's one right now. I'm on, I'm on Twitter right now. And this pastor is getting the business. <laughs> He's getting the business over one theological point. <clears throat> Oh, but for so many years, he was their hero. It's funny how we can have all these heroes in our church. Oh, I love this pastor. You've been quoting this pastor all day. You've been, you've been reading, you read all his books. You love him. You love him. Oh my gosh, this pastor is amazing. Man, I stand on the truth of the gospel and that truth is preached on by this pastor. But the moment he says something that challenges your thinking, the moment he says something that doesn't align with your belief, the moment he says something that doesn't align with your interpretation of scripture, all of a sudden he's a heretic. All of a sudden, everything he said was wrong. All of a sudden, everything he said was a mess. All of a sudden, because you know what the reality is, is you love this pastor because this pastor coincides and aligns with your view of what the world should look like. Be careful when you say the scriptures and that you're interpreting the scriptures with some level of accuracy, because those same scriptures, they were said, these same scriptures, these same scriptures that people have said that they've interpreted with accuracy were the same people who were using the scriptures to oppress black people. These same people who will tell you, well, we, we interpret the scriptures, don't even realize the fallacy of their interpretation. And it's this, and and it's this, this sort of, uh, 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 call it elitism and exceptionalism that you find right now in the church today on biblical accuracy. Is this kind of exceptionalism that I fear? Is this kind of exceptionalism that concerns me? Because it's the same kind of exceptionalism that has prostrated other idols on top of others. It's the same type of exceptionalism that right now is prost is prostrating um, political views, political point of views, uh, um, racial uh, the issues and the matters of, of race and justice right now. All these things, all these things. I'm sorry, fam. I got to talk it. So let me talk it for a minute. Because if you read the scriptures and everything is yep, 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 yep. And nothing digs in your heart and nothing cuts you and nothing pierces you and nothing changes the way you think, fam, you are not reading the scriptures right. I'm sorry, I woke up this morning without my chamomile tea. So you guys just, I apologize. <laughs> I don't, I don't apologize y'all. Right. The same scriptures were used for church that, that justified churches 
keeping black people outside of their churches. It was the same scriptures that was that were used to to create private schools so that white folk can separate their white kids away from black folk. It was the same scriptures that were being used by these theological elites to justify and prostrate their perspectives and their worldviews. It was the same scriptures, the interpretations of those scriptures that justified slavery. Do not forget that the church was complicit with slavery. Ah, but it's the same scriptures that are being used today to prostrate other racial agendas, black power, Hebrew Israelites, all these scriptures. And because again, we are using the word of God to, we are informing our culture on the word of God, not letting the word of God transform our hearts. If it's not cutting you, if it's not, if it's not slicing you, if it's not, <laughs> if it's not changing you, if it's not correcting you, fam, you're reading it wrong. If it's not making you uncomfortable, fam, you're reading it wrong. If it's not making you rethink, hold on a second, maybe I've made my race an idol. If, it's, if there's deep heart issues that you have not yet dug into, if it's not doing that, you're reading it wrong, fam. And don't ever think that you don't need it because if Peter needs it, you need it. I, I hope y'all getting what I'm saying. If if you if you don't need it, then my God, are you better than Peter? If if you don't need correction, if you don't need, are you better than Paul? I mean, these were the men who actually wrote scripture and even they needed correction. Even they continue to need a pruning and a correcting. Even they were the one. I look at this text and the reason why y'all want it, man, this man been going in. He hasn't even, how did reading this text get him there? Read what I'm reading here because Peter up to this point, And we talked about this on Friday in our reading ran on Friday is Peter, who is a devout Jew. That's his culture. That's his religion. That's what he grew up on. That's what he did. This is a, this is a man who was very much, I mean, nobody was more Hebrew and nobody was more Israelite and nobody was more Jewish than Peter. And when Peter gave his life, to Jesus, when Peter um, um, was commissioned by Jesus and Peter began to move in the power of God and P Peter began to minister the gospel. Peter was the one preaching before the thousands where thousands were coming to Christ. Peter was being used by God, but Peter had not yet arrived yet because at that point, Peter thought the gospel was for the Jews. He thought Jesus was for the Jews. He thought Jesus was for those who practice his faith. And if anybody came to Jesus, you had to practice the Jewish faith. Peter did not know how to separate his Jesusness from his Jewishness. Peter did not know how to separate his culture from his faith. Peter did not know how to separate his preference, 
his cultural, racial, his ethnic preference over his faith. At this point, all he knows is the Jewish lifestyle. That's all he knows. And there's a part of Peter that feels like it's still better than everybody else's. Ooh, this is the pride that Peter has, that he feels like he's better because his way of living is better. Sounds like a lot of Democrats today. Sounds like a lot of Republicans today. Sounds like a lot of certain ethnic groups today. Ah, we're better people. I know you won't say it out loud, but deep down inside, you feel that way. Your way of living is better. Your way of thinking is better. Your philosophy is better. Your politics is better. Yeah, you you do. You do. You do. You do. It's your idol. And I get it. It's your idol. This episode will get me in trouble today. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. I lost everybody. I'm going to lose followers today. It's okay. But here's the reality is we know, and I say this not as a, as a means to speak over you. Even God is still doing a work in my heart. He should be doing a work in my heart. He should be doing a work in every one of our hearts, but it's the ones who are hard in their heart who feel like they're dead set on their ways as if they've arrived. You have not arrived. You have not arrived. And I'm tired. I'm tired of prideful Christians who think they've arrived. I'm tired of prideful Christians who think they've arrived, (laughs) think they've got it all figured out, found a way to amalgamate scripture in a way that aligns with their political worldview or their cultural worldview or their sociological worldview. Somehow you in your pride have not built a faith around what you think is right. That's why your Jesus is Republican. That's why your Jesus is a Democrat. That's why your Jesus is a socialist. That's why your Jesus is black. That's why your Jesus is white. That's why your Jesus fits you and your worldview and your way of thinking and your way of living. It's comfortable because all you wanted to do was build a God that worked for you. And many of us think that you have arrived. You made your own algorithm. That's right. You made your own algorithm. And this is the problem we have today. I see it in black churches and white churches. There's a problem with that already. I've seen it in black churches and white churches. I've seen it in Republican churches and I've seen it in Democrat churches. I always, I bet I freak out every time I walk into a church and I see an American, a massive, just American flag just sitting there. And I'm going, is this what I came for? Like, do we love our country more than we love Jesus now? Are we more American than we are Christian? Are we more black than we are Christian? Are we more white than we are Christian? Like, come on now. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't know why I'm all lit because I read this and many of us think we're better than Peter. We think we've arrived. Whole bunch of y'all, whole bunch of, I'm sorry if I say it that way, but so many of us think we've arrived, y'all. Yeah, you think you made it. You think you made it because now you're like, okay, I've been a Christian now for 25 years, all right? Nothing in you has changed. 
Okay? Nothing in you has been, nothing you've been cut, nothing in you has been pruned. Okay? You're just more who you are. You, you've been dead set on your ways, dead set, set on your way of thinking, because somehow Jesus just works, just worked out perfectly for you. Jesus was perfectly compatible. Are you better? Are you better than Peter? Because I look at the text and I read this text. And I'm sorry if I cut, y'all. I'm sorry if I cut a little bit, okay? Because I, I love y'all, but I got to cut a little bit, okay? I know sometimes I got to, it's, it's only because I love y'all that I'm doing this, but I got to cut a little bit, fam. Because I look at the text and I'm reading it and I'm going, hold on a second. Peter was being used by God. And I think this speaks into the grace of God, but Peter is being used by God, but Peter hasn't figured out his whole racism problem. Peter is still racist, Peter is still a culturalist. Peter still thinks that the Jewish way of living is the best way of living and the only way of living. Peter thinks that once people come to Jesus, they'll align to his philosophy and his theology. Peter thinks that once they come to Jesus, then they'll become Jews because somehow there's no separation between Jesus and Jews. I'm sorry, y'all. But that's what Peter sees. And if you're not reading it, then you're not reading what I'm reading because we just read it. I mean, that's why I'm here to tell you, look, you, you know, push back on me here. But how many of us have done that? When you come to our church, you're going to be a good old Republican. And if you can't be a Republican, then you know you're just going to have to find somewhere to go. Or ready for this? There are churches that go, what about that church over there that's preaching that? And what about that church over there that's talking about this is their view on this and their view on that? And can you believe that church over there? They let gay people into their church. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe those people? And can you believe these people? And can you believe those people? And can you believe? And then we have have all these, we, we create all these silos and all these groups and all these, wait, didn't Paul speak about the sin of sectarianism? And yet we are sectarians by heart. It is a sin in our own heart because nothing in us really wants to change. Change ain't sweet. And yet we're being used by, Peter's still being used by God. You're not better than Peter. That's going to be the name of this episode. You are not better than Peter. Peter sits, has a trance. He looks at all these animals. God says, kill these animals and eat them. And Peter's going, wait, hold up. What? No, God, I can't. Those are, those are common things. Ooh, pride. Those are unclean. Ooh, pride. That's your Jewishness, Peter, talking. That ain't Jesus. That's your Jewishness talking. He said, don't call what I have cleaned unclean. And don't call what I have cleaned common. Not a single one of us is better than Peter because all of us have it in us. There's a part of us that part of us that thinks that what we grew up on is better. I'm sorry. Americana believes their way of living is better. Pride. Folks from the hood will think that their way of living is better. Pride. There's devout Democrats out right now who all they'll do is criticize Republicans all day because you think your way of living is better and your way of thinking is better. And man, <laughs> we are not replete with examples of, de of Republicans and even those in the church who stick up their noses at people because, of course, they're not conservative Christians. Uh, my way is better. Peter's. It's okay. You're not better than Peter. And here's the grace. God somehow finds a way to use you. 
He's still using Peter. He's still using Peter. But then Peter, by the grace of God, gets slapped in the face. And man, I pray that some of us get slapped in the face. Peter gets slapped in the face by God. He has a moment with God praying. And it's there that God's like, bro, what you mean? This thing was not just for the Jews. This was for the Gentiles as well. Peter goes to Cornelius's house. He preaches at Cornelius's house. And then Cornelius's family all have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They come to faith in Jesus. And now Peter's going, Peter's going, this is crazy, right? Peter's like, hold up. I guess the gospel is for those people as well. Well, look at that. I guess the gospel is for black people. I guess the gospel is for white people. I guess the gospel is also for gay people. Oh, wow. And I guess the gospel is also for Republicans. Oh, my gosh. The gospel is for Democrats. Well, look at there. That is so crazy. The gospel. Wow. The gospel is not just for the Jew. The gospel is for Gentiles. Whoa. This is mind-blowing. This is new. Peter literally preaches to him out of obedience to God. And then Peter, you would say initially, Peter condescendingly says this. But then in chapter 11, Peter's fully convinced of this. I'm sorry if it took me this long to get here, but we're here. Peter is convinced of this in chapter 11. And there, Peter begins to defend because now all the other Jews look at Peter and they're like, Peter, hold up. <coughs> Wait a second. Did you go and preach to a Gentile? No way, Peter. Did you, did you go in? Wait a second. You, you went with, you went to the uncircumcised men to preach to them and, and you ate with them. Like you went to their house? No, Peter. <laughs> and then Peter's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, look, check it out. Wait, hold up. I'm, hold up. Check it out. Wait a second. 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 <laughs> Peter, I love this part of the text because Peter's like, hold on. I, okay, yes, I did do that. But I'm going to tell you why I did it because this is what God revealed to me. And so Peter gives the story and the account of everything that happened. At this point, Peter is defending the grace of God. Peter is revealing the work of the grace of God. And the grace of God not only brings the unlikely people together, but corrects us while we're together. There's a reason why black folk need to be around more white folks. There's a reason why white folks need to be around more black folks. There's a reason why more men need to listen to women rather than thinking they have power over them. There's a reason why more women need to dwell with more men. There's a reason why we need to be around one another. There's a reason why more Republicans should love more Democrats. And there's a reason why more Democrats should love more Republicans. There's a reason why we should all be closely intertwined with one another, doing life with one another, because in our being brought together, God is reorienting us, not towards our idols, but towards him. Because here's the thing. When you hang around somebody who you disagree with, fam, I'll tell you right now, they will challenge you and convict you on the idols that are actually in your heart. What if I told you that some of the stuff that you're passionate about is not stuff that God is passionate about? 
And what if I told you maybe God is bringing you into the periphery of someone who disagrees with you so that he can expose some of those things in your heart? That's why black folk need to be around more white folk. That's why white folk need to be around more black folk. That's why straight folk need to be around more gay folk. That's why gay folk need to be around more straight folk. That's the reason why Republicans need to be around Democrats more and Democrats need to be around Republicans more. Because if we coincide and we're aligned in Christ, fam, something in you is going to change. (laughs) You'll become less Republican. You'll become less Democrat. You'll become more Jesus. You'll become less black and you become less white and more Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with being black. There's nothing wrong with being white. But I find it funny how we are more passionate about those idols than we are about where our stance in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, God cared more about our unity than about the identities that we've created for ourselves. And Peter's like, hey, y'all, listen, the gospel is not just for the Jews, y'all. <laughs> the gospel is for Gentiles. The gospel is for everybody. And watch this. After they receive the gospel, I'm 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 a little less Jewish. <laughs> Peter, Peter just became a little less Jewish. That's hot. Peter became, man, if we would just dwell like Peter, because none of us are better than Peter. And notice that at the end of verse 18, and when they heard these things, they became silent. Yeah, you got to shut up. You talk too much. Some of us talk more than we should be listening. We talk too much. We're so busy talking about what we think is right and how we think it's supposed to be and and why you're wrong. And the Bible says this and the Bible says that and the Bible says this. And then not realizing you're just using the Bible to prostrate your own idol. If we would be around people we disagree with more. You know what I love about the book of Acts? And you're going to read this all the way through. It's man, you got the Jewish religious and they had a problem with these Gentiles. These folks, they won't observe the Sabbath. What's wrong with these folks? These folks, they don't obey the food laws. What's wrong with these folks? These folks, they don't do these things. What's wrong with them? The way they worship, that's not how we worship. They, they do. That's not how we do things. This is not the way we do things. What's wrong with them? And we're trying to change them and change them and change them. And we're going to read all along the way. And yet we see this tension all throughout the book of Acts. But you know what they did? They dwelt in the tension. They dwelt in the tension. So, yeah, I'm a Dolphin, and um, I'll tell you right now, Cowboy fans, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. But, you know, I got I got a whole bunch of friends who are Cowboys fans. <laughs> Mark said whatever. I know there's Cowboy fans in here. Y'all just delusional at this point. But, hey, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. 
I love y'all. Steelers Nation, you need Jesus too. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. But isn't that what makes our church beautiful? Is that we have different backgrounds, different preferences, different things that we do, different things that we grew up on, different things. And yet even then we are brought together because what unifies us is so much greater than what divides us. And if we would be unified and we would become one, the Lord can do a work in our unity. The Holy Spirit is working in Peter and I pray the Holy Spirit will work in each and every one of you, each and every one of us. If you find yourself in a circle where you are comfortable, where no one disagrees with you, where you're comfortable and no one challenges your way of thinking, where everything is just right. And we all nod our heads all the time. Just our group. We're all nodding our heads. Fam, I'm telling you right now, that's a dangerous place to be. It is a dangerous place to be to find yourself in an echo chamber. We don't submit ourselves to a collective. We submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you brought us together, Lord. Bless us as we uh, go about our day, Father. Challenge us, Lord, to Lord to trust you, your word, and Lord, to trust the folks that you bring around us, Lord God. Lord, allow us to be led by your spirit, Lord. Continue to correct us, refine us, Lord. Even now, Lord, there are, there are idols that we're still toppling, idols we're still tearing down. And Father, I just ask that you would continue to do that work in each and every one of us, that we may become more and more like you. May we look like Jesus more and more every day. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I love y'all. Again, discord.gg slash opusfrere. Discord.gg slash O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, please consider supporting because we need your help, y'all, to keep this thing going. It's patreon.com slash Isaac, I-S-A-A-C-F-R-E-R-E. And I'll also be posting this right away on Patreon. I'll be posting the audio of this right away on Patreon. So join us there. Uh, We'd love to stay connected. And of course, once you connect on Patreon, then you get to connect on some of our private channels as well on Discord. But I love y'all. God bless you guys. So glad to see y'all. I'll try to come on here a little bit more often because I haven't been on here in a minute. I usually only do this on Discord, but uh, I'll be on here. Um, maybe on on Wednesday again. We'll see. I mean, you know, uh, maybe tomorrow. Who knows? We'll see. But tomorrow we won't have a reading rant. Tomorrow we have prayer. So yeah, we'll probably be on Discord tomorrow, but we'll do the reading rant on Wednesday. And maybe I'll come on again. If not, join us on Discord. That way you don't miss a single thing. Love y'all. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow on Discord. <laughs>